the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. It goes on in verse 13 to say, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Again, he's departing. The disciples' hearts are troubled. They're worried because he's leaving now. And what he says now in verses 13 and 14 is that even though he's departing, the disciples will still have access to him through prayer. His absence does not mean he is unavailable. Jesus is available. If you've ever misplaced your phone for more than 10 minutes, it'll certainly make you realize just how much you rely on it. You almost feel lost or like you're missing out, right? You might have that same sort of feeling when you're far away from God. Pastor Dan will remind you in today's message that God is available to you at any time and in any circumstance. No phone required. He'll encourage you to call on Him in good times and bad. What's keeping you from connecting with the Lord? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 14. We're also going to look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And we're also going to look at Luke 24. So John 14 is where we are. And then we're also going to reference Acts 1 and Luke 24. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. That's where we left off last week. So beginning in verse 12, Jesus speaking says, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever." the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him 
and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, (laughs) said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, and when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Well, remember, this is the last night that Jesus is with his disciples. He's going to go to Gethsemane. He'll be arrested in Gethsemane the next day. He's going to be crucified for the sins of the world. And on this night, Jesus dropped a bomb on his disciples. Several bombs, in fact. He's with his disciples, sharing in the Last Supper, in this upper room in Jerusalem, and Jesus informed his disciples that one of them would betray him that night, speaking of Judas Iscariot. And the disciples are stunned by this. They can't believe it. They're shocked. And then Jesus told Peter that Satan will sift him like wheat and that Peter would deny him three times before morning. And then finally, this is all at one dinner. Finally, Jesus dropped the biggest bomb of all, telling his disciples that he's leaving them. And he's returning to heaven. And so the disciples' hearts are troubled. They're they're confused by these revelations from Jesus. And so in chapter 14, Jesus shared with them several promises to comfort their troubled hearts. And I, I think they're comforting to our troubled hearts as well. In verses 1 to 3 that we looked at last week, Jesus told his disciples the reason he was leaving was to go to heaven to prepare a place for them. And then he promised that after the preparations are finished, he would return for them once again and receive them unto himself that, uh, and then take them to his father's house that they may be with him forever. And so for every believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, every believer in Jesus Christ has a place prepared for them in heaven. That Jesus specifically prepared for you. That's good news, isn't it? That's a great promise. That's that's comfort to a troubled heart. Well, in our passage today now, Jesus continues 
to encourage the troubled hearts of, of the disciples. In verse 12 now, he says, most assuredly, remember that phrase, it might be verily, verily, we have the old King James Bible, most assuredly, it means pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. Listen carefully. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Again, Jesus just announced that he's leaving the disciples. He's returning to heaven. Their hearts are troubled. And he tells them now that his work on the earth will continue. Even though he's departing, the work's going to continue. It's not going to stop when he ascends to heaven. It doesn't come to an end just because he's leaving. Again, the disciples are, are, are troubled because Jesus is leaving, and, and maybe their thought is, well, if, if he's leaving, that means this is all over. This is it. It's, it's, it's the end. We're done. And what Jesus is saying is, it's not over because I'm leaving. In fact, it's just beginning now that I'm leaving. It's just getting started. The ministry of Jesus would now enter into a new phase where he continues his work in the world now through believers like you and like me. The work continues on. In fact, the book of Acts, the book of Acts begins with this verse. Listen to what it says. The former account I made, speaking of the gospel of Luke, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. The Gospels tell us what Jesus began to do. But it doesn't end in the Gospels. The book of Acts describes the ongoing work, the continuing work of Jesus in the world through believers. And His work continues through believers even to this present day. So now it's not just Jesus doing the work. Now through the church, through the body of Christ, through believers in Jesus Christ, now the work and ministry of Jesus is multiplied exponentially all over the world. Even to this present day. Notice he says that the works believers will do will be greater than the works he did. Now what does that mean? Well, he's not talking about greater in magnitude or greater in power, but greater in extent, or greater in number. Greater in quantity, not greater in quality. If you just think about it for a moment, the ministry of Jesus lasted for three and a half years. Jesus stayed in one place. He was in Israel. He he never traveled more than 200 miles from his hometown where he was born. And during that three and a half years, Jesus ministered to, reached thousands of people. But then just ten days after Jesus ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the believers in Jerusalem on Pentecost, and 3,000 people trust in Christ for salvation in one day. Just ten days after he leaves. 3,000 people are added to the church. And as you read the first couple chapters of the book of Acts, you see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who 
put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There, there were more people converted to Jesus Christ in the weeks after his departure than in the three and a half years of his ministry. It's greater works. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. You know, the book of Acts, it covers roughly the the first 30 years of Christianity, the first 30 years of the church. In that 30 years, the gospel message spread throughout the entire Roman Empire. The whole world, the whole known world. It's greater works than what Jesus did. If you just fast forward to today and you think about Ministries like Billy Graham's ministry uh, in the 20th century. And Billy Graham, you know, his ministry lasted for decades. Not three and a half years, decades. He preached the gospel all over the world to hundreds of millions of people. And his ministry continues through radio and television and the internet. Uh, you, you just, just last weekend, they had the Harvest Crusade out in California, Southern California, It was the 30th anniversary of the Harvest Crusade. Over the last 30 years, the gospel has been preached to over 6 million people through that one ministry. Hundreds of thousands of people have put their faith in Christ through that one ministry. You know, that's just here in the United States. It's just two examples. Uh, We could talk about what's going on in Africa. People are coming to faith in Christ by the tens of thousands every day. And Africa. We could talk about what's going on in the Middle East and the Muslim world. You know where the church is growing the fastest today? Iran. Yeah, Iran. There are more people coming to faith in Christ in Iran than anywhere else in the world. It's greater works. Jesus said there would be greater works after his departure. The works are greater in quantity. Now he goes on in verse 13 to say, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Again, he's departing. The disciples' hearts are troubled. They're worried because he's leaving now. And what he says now in verses 13 and 14 is that even though he's departing, the disciples will still have access to him through prayer. His absence does not mean He is unavailable. Jesus is available. Jesus is available to us through prayer. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, we can come boldly to His throne of grace and find grace to help in our time of need. Anytime we want, we have access to Jesus through prayer. We can come boldly to His throne of grace and receive help in our time of need. So yes, He's leaving. Yes, He'll be absent but He's still available. 
He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, these, these verses are, are often misunderstood. Asking something in Jesus' name is not a magic formula for us to follow. It's not like you can, you can ask for anything, and as long as you tack in Jesus' name on the end of it, it's automatic. It's not like saying abracadabra or something like that. God's not giving us a blank check here and saying, okay, just fill in whatever amount you want to fill in and the sign check and you'll automatically receive it. It doesn't work that way. Try it. <laughs> Lord, give me $10 million in Jesus' name, right? Lord, give me a new bass boat in Jesus' name. Lord, give my ex-girlfriend shingles in Jesus' holy, precious name, Right? Come on, you've prayed things like that after a breakup or something. So when it says praying in Jesus' name here, anything you ask in my name, I will do it. What that means is asking according to his character, according to his nature, according to his will. As long as we're praying something that that lines up with his character, the character of Jesus and the nature of Jesus and brings glory to God, because Jesus was all about bringing glory to the Father as long as, as it lines up with his nature and character and the glory of God, then Jesus will do it. If it doesn't, if it's not according to his nature, not according to his character, if it doesn't bring glory to God, he's not going to do it. James chapter 4, verse 3, it says, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. James says the reason we don't receive what we ask for in prayer is because our motives are wrong. We're asking for ourselves. We're asking for our own pleasure, for what we desire and what we want. Now, knowing that God answers prayers that line up with his nature and that will glorify him should affect how we pray. Instead of praying, give me prayers. Give me this, give me that, do this for me, do that for me, make this happen. We we should pray, Lord, What's your will here? Show me what your will is. Lord, what lines up with your character? Lord, Lord, what what reflects your nature? What will bring you the greatest glory? These are the kinds of prayers that Jesus answers. That's a whole different kind of praying, isn't it? Then, Lord, just do this, do that, give me this, give me that, make this happen. Lord, what's going to bring you glory? Look at verse 15. Verse 15, he says, uh, if, you, if you love me, keep my commandments. Look down in verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. Look at verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Look at verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And so, clearly, we show our love for Jesus Christ through our obedience to Him. If I love Jesus, I'm going to obey Him. If I say I love Jesus, but I don't obey Him, and I don't walk in His ways, then I don't really love Him. Now, notice notice verse 16 begins with the word, and. And so this is something else that Jesus will do to comfort the troubled hearts of the disciples. It's a continuation. And I will pray... The Father, and He will give you another helper 
that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Again, the context is that Jesus has told the disciples he's leaving, he's departing, and they're fearful because he's leaving. And they, they thought, you know, he's leaving, now we're on our own. How are we going to do this on our own? Now it's all up to us. How are we going to make it? But what Jesus says here is they will not be on their own. The Father will send another helper to them, the Holy Spirit. And so now this is the first time in the Gospel of John that Jesus introduces to us the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And he tells us the Holy Spirit will be sent to help us. The Holy Spirit is our, is our helper. And I want you to notice, first of all, the pronouns that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. He doesn't call the Holy Spirit an it. He calls the Holy Spirit he and him. The Holy Spirit is not a force. It's, it's not a feeling like goosebumps or a chill that we get. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's the third person of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus here describes the Holy Spirit, underline this in your Bible, as another helper. Another helper. The word another there in the Greek, there's actually two different Greek words that could be used. The word that's used here means another of the same kind. Another of the same kind as opposed to another of a different kind. The Holy Spirit is the same kind of helper as Jesus. The Holy Spirit is another helper just like Jesus. Yes, He's leaving them. But He's not going to leave them on their own. He's going to send another helper that is just like Him to help them. Now this word helper here, the word has the idea of of someone called, come alongside someone else to help them comfort them, advise them, counsel them, strengthen them. It's a word that's also used for someone you call, listen to this, someone you call in an emergency. Who's that person in your life? If you've got an emergency, you're going to take out your phone, you're going to call somebody to help you. Who's that person? Well, the Holy Spirit is our helper in that sense. This is what the Holy Spirit does in the believer's life. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us and comforts us and helps us in life. We all need help at times. We need help every day, if we're honest. God sent the Holy Spirit to come alongside us as our helper to help us through life. Aren't you glad that you don't have to go through this life alone trying to figure it out on your own? Now turn with me over to John chapter 16, verse 7. Look at what Jesus says here. John 16, 7, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus here says that it is better for us that he went to heaven so that the Holy Spirit could could come. He asked me how I know 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth.